The car you drive every day should be fun. But it has to do the boring stuff too, like commute, be affordable, and haul your groceries. You can have both, and we'll help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Today. So this is a cool podcast. We have pretty much the entire Everyday Driver crew. It's not just Paul and I. It's Paul and I, plus Chance, plus Edgar. And the reason this is cool is not just because the four of us don't get to hang out much, but also because (laughs) this is everybody that made the BMW M3 Icon film. The four of us got it done, which I'm really proud of. I mean, it's amazing that we've done four features in four years, but I'm just astounded with this group of the four of us, how efficient we can be. You'll see when you see the film the quality of the shots, but we just wanted to get all of us together. I know this sounds weird, but to just kind of reminisce about the stuff you won't see in the film that may kind of bolster the film, give you the behind the scenes of it, if you will. We did it for Mid-Inch of the Mountain. We also did it for Pilgrimage. So we're back now to talk about Icon. So welcome, guys. Hey, hey. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, guys, welcome to the show. And uh, it's not often that we all get to be together like this uh, on a podcast. It seems like we do see you guys fairly, fairly often here. And, uh, you know, uh, as Todd said, there's going to be no giveaways for the film. I mean, we're not going to spoil the film for you. So Todd has worked his tail off doing this, and we're so excited to share it with the rest of you. But, yeah, we wanted these guys to come on and, and uh, you know, share what their thoughts were interacting with, uh, you know, the, the owners because – Sometimes the owners say, you're going to do what? You're going to drive my car? Mm-hmm. Explain to me you're going to yeah, yeah, put yeah. it on camera and do what with it now? And we've got mm-hmm. these guys that are just they, – they click right into action. And uh, this shoot, there were no wild animals on the road, fortunately. <laughs> there were no uh, – although I did – didn't we have sheep at one point or um, – Oh, there was a moose. There was a moose. Yeah, there was moose. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this is how you know you're shooting in Utah now. Oh, look, <laughs> yeah. moose. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right past. So, uh, yeah, guys, uh, jumping in. I was actually looking at all the photos that we all took. Chance, you took a bunch. Edgar, you took a bunch. And uh, just kind of going back just to, you know, make me remember what went on. And I feel like this was more of a... I won't say relaxed shoot. We've had shoots that are just one car and we're very, you know, relaxed this, about it. This but was not that. If, yes. if you're watching the film and you think, oh, these guys just shot it in, you know, a couple days. This was a full, yeah, a full week of filming. So Yeah, yeah, like the was, 9-11 film. I mean, yeah, we, we pretty yeah. much get together and we shoot six out of seven days. We go on a big push. I mean, that means we brought Edgar in from L.A. We brought him in to, uh, to Park City and he shot with us. Uh, we had, I mean, I'll get into it later a little bit, but we had massive difficulty scheduling cars. It's always harder than we think it's going to be. Every time we do this with new owners, they have this demeanor of, okay, well, you're going to take, take pictures of my car. It's almost how <laughs> yeah, they right. almost always refer to mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And it'll be done in two or three hours. And then we tell them, we need your car for at least half the day and more, probably more like six hours. And they go, why on earth? And then once they see it happening, at some point during every day, one, the owner will wander over to me and be like, you guys don't waste any time. I mean, they, they, we're not standing around for six hours and occasionally getting a shot. They'll instantly be like, you guys are efficient and you're working your tails off. And yes, we are. And it still takes a long time to do what we do. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, Edgar, I'd like to go over to you and just talk about, you know, starting with the E30 that we had. You were doing so much shooting around that car. And before we get to, uh, I won't say favorites because, again, we don't want to ruin anything. But just what was your favorite car to look at, I guess, or 
what was the prettiest car to your eye? I'm I'm just wondering what you guys thought, and I'll I'll start with you, Edgar. Um, I think as far as pretty, um, I think definitely the E30 kind of stood out just because it had all these kind of. Um, it seemed very uh, like there wasn't you know nowadays design they 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 go diff- different routes they um a lot of cars kind of look the same but you know the E30 was something that was just different from everything else yeah mm. you can hear and 80s music w- playing when you look at it you know just <laughs> so boxy and square it was in such good condition it was amazing i was like this is it's like it's just you just want to keep staring at it Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You also shot a ton of beauty of the M4. You you kept finding details on the M4. You shot a lot of details, some of which, candidly, I didn't even use in the film because it was just like I've got that in micro detail and that, and they were cool shots. <laughs> yeah. It was just yeah. like we could just do like the next three minutes are just details on the M4 because there's so many twisting surfaces on there. You covered a ton of them. I, I think that was definitely my number two. That was definitely my number two. As far as like the design wise, I just think that car sits so nice and all the angles are just pretty mm-hmm. and aggressive but also has kind of that finesse look yeah sure. yeah and, and the color it was made it look menacing just that color, like the dark gray and the dark gray wheels and it just looked mean yeah it did i i feel like uh yeah some cars more than others got more looks and it would depend on the car and you know i hate to say it to most people the e90 looks like car but the mm-hmm. E30, Absolutely. we were parked at the top of Guardsman's, if you remember, with mm-hmm. A, mm-hmm. a van full of cyclists pulled up and just, you know, some other people staring at the view. And they were, you know, they couldn't take their eyeballs off this car. Yeah, it was in such great shape. But, man, mm-hmm. you just don't see those cars. And uh, yeah. people were just staring it down. So I thought that was kind the of The E30 was was cross-generational that was the thing was interesting about it is it it, we had we had really young guys that walked over we had older guys that walked over Mm -hmm. i mean everybody was kind of like wait you know what that is which really didn't happen any other time and we were lots of places where other people could have said something they just didn't yeah yeah exactly uh chance i'm thinking uh to you i mean having seen so many cars i mean you shoot (laughs) so much at the track and you know so many cars otherwise i mean what was your favorite on the list as far as just I guess just from a sculptural styling, what did you like looking at the best? I think I liked uh, the E46 M3. Every time I looked at it, it just stood out. I've always liked those cars. They came out when I was Mm -hmm. in high school. They were the, you know, the best of the best M3 at the time, or the best of the best BMW at the time. Yeah, yeah. And being in Laguna Seca Blue, and it just looked phenomenal. And I liked it so much, and it's within my price range when I was shopping for cars. That was number one on my list. <laughs> I, I didn't end up getting that, if, if those of you who know the show, but uh, yeah, it's true. It, it looked long and hard for one of those. And went, yeah. Well, and the Laguna Seca Blue was just that. We had to have it in that color, and thank God we did. And that was a fight to get that car. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. I mean, Edgar, what was the, the car that made you want to go shopping the most? Like, we, we all look at that, and then we you know instantly start shopping like, Huh, I really do like this. And, you know, prices. <laughs> Why don't I have one of those? Yeah. What did you go shopping for after looking at all these cars and staring? I mean, from E30 all the way up to the M2, I, I'm just curious as to uh, what, what stuck out to you. Like, I could really own that car. Oh, um, I think I've always been a fan of small cars, so the 1M was definitely one of the ones that stood out. I mm-hmm. actually really did start looking at uh, 135 eyes. You did, <laughs> yeah. And you know, 
I I don't know. I, I had been debating so many cars, but uh, you know, as you guys know, I ended up getting the S two thousand. But the one thirty five I was definitely up there on the list. I mean, you were shopping was, at the time. I now yeah. thinking back, you were mulling things over, and Edgar was asking us, of course, and. You know, based on his long shooting with us and being in all kinds of cars, I think you were drawing on that too. Yeah, but yeah. then on this shoot, you were going, huh, German cars, huh? Looking mm-hmm. at all these cars. Maybe I can do German <laughs> one, once again. Yeah, well, you came out, of a, came out of a GTI, yeah. Every time Edgar and I were in a car together, he was always talking about, oh, I need to get one of these. I, know, I want a 135. Every single time. It was, it was great. <laughs> you say yeah. that a lot well, about cars, Edgar. You say that a lot about every car you're in. I got to get one of these. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The garage is just not big enough, and neither is the budget, sadly. I think maybe we need to start, um, you know, switching cars off. Like, that way we get a little taste of everything. <laughs> oh, so I – wait, 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 wait. Hang on, hang on. I'm reading uh-huh. into what Edgar's just said here. Uh-huh. What Edgar's saying is now all four of us own fun cars. He wants to rotate. Yeah. That's what he's saying Let's here, Paul. Rotate. We're going we're gonna to just <laughs> rotate between our four. Now, I will be honest. The four cars we have, that's a pretty great rotation. We've got a Boxster. We've got an FRS. We've got an S2000. We have a Cayman GTS. <laughs> that's a pretty great rotation. But I just, I just want to let that land with you, Paul, for a second. We're talking about the everyday driver car rotation for a minute. <laughs> you can't see me, everyone, but I'm secretly grinding my teeth. I mean, not that I don't yes. trust these guys, but, you know, I mean. <laughs> but that Cayman know. has got a, a pretty nice place to see sit there in your garage i get it oh man well yeah you know uh edgar throwing that back at you you realize if that's ever going to remotely happen you're gonna have to move out of california uh, yeah <laughs> i know just just saying i'm just putting that right so, back at uh, you there uh you know i'll be there next uh in two weeks so maybe that's right. you're right yeah you know we'll see we'll see what happens Edgar's actually coming. This 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 uh, podcast is releasing two days before the film drops, but we're actually doing a premiere in Park City that Edgar is coming up here for uh, on the 17th. That's a couple Saturdays from now. We're doing it here in Park City, and we're having Edgar come in for it, which will be really cool. Informal podcast, I mean, informal premiere there, but anybody that's in the area is welcome to come. We'll obviously be showing it and talking it up. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the logistics of a shoot like this. We've talked about it some before, but one of the things that always surprises me, Paul, when we set up to do one of these generational things, and I'm talking the 911s or even the Miatas, anytime we do generational things, we know there's going to be problem cars. There's cars on our list that, that kind of a phone call or two and we have that car locked and it's easy. And then I feel like the cars that are hard are never the ones we expect to be hard. Yeah. And, yeah, and that was agreed. true here. I mean, I yeah. expected the E30, the first gen, and the 1M would be the two that would be the hardest. And we found one owner with both. <laughs> yeah. Turns out that was a <laughs> checkbox. We just went, done. <laughs> well, that was one of the first ones locked in was, was that pairing that I thought was going to be the hardest of the group. And, and, I, and this great owner, Scott, I got in contact with him. Uh, we'd met a few times at a, a local car club. I got in contact with him over Facebook. And honestly, I don't like to have these conversations over Facebook. I like to have them on the phone. But I just Scott and I got to talking on Facebook. And very shortly thereafter, he was like, yeah, I'm in. It's all good. I'll bring you a car. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. The two hardest <laughs> yeah. were done in a Facebook text conversation. And then as we marched forward, the two that just consistently eluded us were the next two generations, the E36 and the E46. Depending upon the day, one of them fell out or had a problem or isn't really stock or whatever. Yeah, and and you would think that on the coast, probably very easy, and that's what we think too. You know, if 
you've got one in California. They're everywhere there. But we're not in California. We didn't shoot there. We shot in Utah, as you know. And we would have thought, hey, you know, they're prevalent everywhere. And I had a little bit of misgiving about the E36 just because you don't see them that often. But there is such a huge following. And interestingly, yeah. there is such a car culture here in Salt Lake of all kinds of cars. I mean, Chance, you can speak to that as well. I mean, just yeah. from exotics, you know, business owners. There's a lot of tech in Salt Lake. Business owners and, and company owners have all the exotics, of course. But there is just a car culture. And we thought, okay, we'll lean on that. Because Todd and I have leaned on that before mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. Yeah. Miatas, as you said, and a whole bunch of other shoots that we've done, we think, oh, somebody in Salt Lake surely will have blank car. But then as it turns out, the E36 we were chasing, which also explains why you will see two in the film. But I'm yep. actually glad we drove both. And the, Agreed. the coupe Agreed. and the sedan are both the E36 from this generation. BMW is still getting their feet under them as far as you know the naming convention. So they just went coupe or sedan, same thing, E36. And we had the white one you'll see all together. So that was the four-door. That was the sedan. And then we got in this mm-hmm. Dakar yellow coupe, which turned out to be also really rare. It was perfect, yeah. Amazing. I, I just I couldn't believe it. But, yeah, it was a, it was a struggle. And that, that came from Salt Lake. Actually, both of them did. Yeah, I'm, I'm always surprised at, at, that, at that fact that in Utah, even though obviously there's a lot less people and a lot less cars, there's such a huge variety of things over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, once I mean, and we shot we shot the end of June, so it was really long days, gorgeous light. It's been driving me nuts as I've been editing because I realized no, I can't get to any of those roads right now, and they were in perfect <laughs> driving condition. And we had spectacular days the whole time we shot. We shot for an entire week essentially. We also shot that uh, Cayman GTS M2 piece the same week. We had the 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 BMW M2 was from BMW. And they dropped it off on a Tuesday and took it back on a Tuesday. So we had to schedule this whole shoot around that. And we had to get uh, Paul's Cayman GTS versus M2 part uh, done during the same time. So we had to kind of stagger days out. We had one day, and that was one Saturday in the midst of that one-week loan, where we needed to get all nine cars together. And that actually ended up being the hardest scheduling day of the entire shoot. We could find an owner over here and an owner over there. We tried to shoot the cars in pairs. And you'll see that in the film. But getting all nine cars together nearly didn't happen. And it literally came down to there's a guy named Jamie who owns the E46 you'll see in the film. Gorgeous, stock, Laguna Seca Blue, perfect version of that car. He's very precious with us, and and he should be. And Jamie actually went with us on this year's pilgrimage trip. He was one of the the six that went with us. He had a blast. But this is before that trip even. So he was still kind of not – he hadn't really worked with us much, and he was – Wanted to have the car in the film, but he was gone for like two weeks on vacation over the time we were going to shoot. Of course he was. Of course he was. So (laughs) he didn't want that E46 to go out without him being there, which I understand. And we did everything we could to find a different one, but I never found one that was stock or as nice. And I, I, I rarely beg. I beg Jamie about about two or three days because he was leaving like the Thursday that before we were shooting it. And I, 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 I flat out said, I said, I am literally begging you. I need your car for that Saturday. And so we, what we ended up doing is we, we got it uh, while he was still out of town. He actually got back like the day the M2 went back. Uh, we got it that Saturday, just pulled it out of his garage so we could shoot it with all the cars and then put it right back in his garage and actually did the review of his car after he was able to be with us. 
and he had a blast being with us. But it was just funny because we were fighting that car for so long, and I can truly say it. I, I called him up and I said, Jamie, I am, I'm honestly now begging you, and here's why. Because it was our only chance to get all nine together. That's right. Didn't you stand outside of his house with a guitar around your neck, and you wrote a little, <laughs> please give us your car song? And I thought about ballad. doing the jam box, say anything thing, but I didn't do that. Yeah. Yeah, I had a exactly. solo in there. Yeah, it was awesome. It really, yeah. That I wish we had that video right as an extra on the Blu-ray, but you will only see <laughs> the Cayman GTS with the M2. And since these are, this car is obviously the same car in two different videos. Mm-hmm. The the reason Todd and I drove the M2 against my GTS is, of course, because I'm you know still sniffing around it. But yeah, we, we, uh-huh. our commentary well, is <laughs> just a little bit. And now I'm hearing the CS. This the Lightweight car. Stop. Just, oh just stop. That's coming Seriously. out. So, <laughs> so we're, we've yeah, got... Uh-huh. Uh, GTS. First the, world problems. The conversation related to that car with the GTS is as if you were shopping not in relation to the other cars. Where the M2 fits in the film is as it relates to the lineage. And you know that oh, yeah, from yeah. the 911 yeah, yeah. film that you've probably seen. If you haven't, please start there because that was the original recipe and that wasn't the mindset mm-hmm. that Todd and I mm-hmm. had as we were driving this full generation and then talking about where the M2 sits as a potential you know, owner ownership car in the yeah, midst yeah. of all these other cars. Would we rather have you know, some of the earlier cars and in a lot of cases, some of the Porsches actually, we preferred some of the earlier cars. But that was true, the mindset true, true. that you and I went into the film with and then where does that slot against you know, price point and other cars? So I, I think I think it gives you sort of a two different mindsets, and uh, you can see both of those in the video. And like I said, that that's an extra on the Blu-ray disc, in addition to Todd's serenading. Well, the other yeah, <laughs> thanks for that. The other the other extra on the Blu-ray is actually something that that uh, Chance has been cutting for us. It's, we did it for the 9/11 film as well. It's all the owner interviews. We actually did get a chance to get in each of these cars with the guys that own them and just hear their story about what is the car, why did I, why do I own it, how long have I had it, some of their stories and experiences of owning them. And that's actually really cool to hear their perspective. So we've got that in there as an extra as well. But actually, this leads me to something I wanted to talk about, and that was surprises. Because any time we drive a group of cars like this, I walk away surprised by one or two that were not as I expected. And so i just kind of like to hear from you guys about what cars really surprised you in this lineup. I think the one that surprised me the most was the E30. And without going into too much detail, it's... It felt very much from that time period. It was very analog and very, very. It was. It wasn't fast by any stretch of the imagination, especially mm-hmm, within mm-hmm. what we had. But it was just fun to drive. But my my whole yeah. problem that I I kept finding myself with is, as a lot of you know, I have I have a project car and I'm constantly tinkering with it and trying to do things to make it better. <laughs> I think I would have that same problem with that too. There's things oh, that sure. I I would just love to just hot rod the thing and make it faster and more modern but i know all the bmw drivers and owners would just slay me for it mm-hmm. <laughs> well and some of the genius of it is having one that was stock like that chance i mean that was what was so interesting about that car i thought I'm, i i want to talk about it a little bit further but i want to hear want to hear from you edgar i think the m2 kind of surprised me there was so much hype and there still is a lot of hype over that car and it's a great car sure. but yeah personally there was something about it that just didn't click for me it was surprising too because when we when we had the M two three five I, that mm-hmm. re- that did it for me somehow. But the M two interesting for some reason was it didn't do it for me. So that's Not why I was that, very surprised about that. 
I want to say so much, but you're going to have to watch the film. You're going to have to go back to that. But I'm just I'm glad these <laughs> yeah, guys that stuff. Yeah. shared that because what we do, interestingly, is throughout the day we'll go to lunch and we'll talk about what we're doing for the day. And mm-hmm, actually, mm-hmm. you know, we want Edgar's feedback and we want Chance's feedback. And and uh, sometimes I find myself sometimes influenced a little bit by their comments, at, you know, over lunch no. because they'll bring up an interesting point <laughs> I hadn't considered. And so I'll bring yeah, that so up here as, a, as a talking point. And, and honestly, you guys have probably seen that in the videos where, hey, we talked about that over lunch. And whether, you know, we agree mm-hmm. or disagree, it, it always serves as a, an additional counterpoint as Todd Absolutely. and I would talk about it through the day and we talk things through and they go, you know what? That was, you know, not so great. I expected greatness. Or conversely, mm-hmm. man, can you believe this car? You know, that kind of thing. And that's kind of fun to have these guys with us because they provide so much commentary that you don't get to hear in the background. But all four of us are just constantly doing this throughout the entire mm-hmm. shoot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. And, and yeah, that, was the the, that was the whole week. I mean, that was, yeah. you know, throughout the week. Remember, you know, Whatever day we drove the E30, or you know, but I, I think I think what's also fun is at least for me and Edgar, we're there the entire time, but we don't always know what you guys are thinking of the cars because you go off and with on camera, mm. and we're not in the car with you. That's true. We're, sure, we're, we don't see that footage until the rough mm-hmm, cuts come mm-hmm. out or the the video finally drops, and it's it's. Yeah. So even even Edgar and I get some of that that build up. We have to wait in anticipation yeah. to see what mm-hmm. you guys really think, <laughs> and it, true. it's it's kind of fun because. We'll we'll go back to those those lunches or the dinners that night or any of the discussions we've had throughout the day, and you can, at least I can, when you watch the videos, like oh yeah, I remember talking about that, and we didn't really mm-hmm. agree with that, but sure that works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it was a conversation that had come up during the day, and you know mm-hmm. we're shuffling cars around, and you think you know what, and we all talk about that one issue, and of course we dice it to death. And then, course, uh, yes. you know, Todd and I go off and drive the cars, and then these guys go, yeah, we did talk about that. So it's mm-hmm. it's kind of fun. It's, it's uh, yeah, just a, a constant ongoing debate behind the camera, of course, when everything's <laughs> off as the cars are being shot. I mean, this just doesn't happen just with the Icon film. It's happened with every film these guys have shot on us with and every piece that yeah, we've yeah. done. Um, happened on the recent drifting video that we shot. Well, but I mean, you can see it in action. If you watch our pilgrimage film from last year, you can see Tom, who of course is our German correspondent. You can see Tom and Edgar making comments in the car. I mean, we're, oh, yeah. just, we're, we're a constant rolling commentary. Whether or not it's funny depends kind of on your mood, I suppose. But <laughs> but you can watch the pilgrimage film and see madness. But uh, you can see Edgar dancing. If you get the if you get the pilgrimage film on oh, yeah. Blu-ray, you can see Edgar <laughs> car dancing. I'm just putting that out there. That's on there. Well, but anyway. And his random modeling in front of the cars, too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Don't forget that. Yeah, we should never post those photos, but Edgar always does the world's cheesiest pose in front of a car because it makes him and all of us laugh. We have unbelievable, you know, remember those Olin Mills portraits? It's like that with a car. That's what it is. Edgar does it every shoot. It's always fantastically funny, and he's been bothering me because I keep them stored away on a drive and don't send them to him. Maybe I should send them all to him. Only on his Facebook profile. You, I will. There, yeah. You put, put those up on your profile, don't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of them. Yeah. Yeah, there's a couple of them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're fun, you know. Well, and and you know, you can see us having this debate very much in the in the pilgrimage film. You can see the four of us talking, and it is is a constant thing. I mean, we even brought that home at night. I mean, my wife and son now were suddenly steeped in BMW madness because we're talking about it constantly. Chance's wife got bombarded with BMW commentary because for that whole week, I mean, it happened with the 911s a couple of years ago. It's just drinking from a fire hose of that brand for a week mm-hmm. straight, and you don't think yeah. about anything else. 
But what was interesting for me driving the E30, which was a 87, is how similar it felt to the 87 911 that we drove. That 3.2 Carrera. I really want to get those cars, and, and since both those guys are local, we should try to do this maybe next summer, Paul. I really would like to get those cars and just have a little bit of time for you and I to drive them on the same day. Because I was struck by how similar they felt. Uh, this sounds weird, but even how similar they smelled. I mean, the materials mm-hmm. were clearly from similar suppliers that have, uh, you know, they're the same age. They, they smelled the same. They felt the same. The buttons were similar. And yet you would think Porsche and BMW wouldn't feel that similar. And yet I was very struck by they both felt like cars from the exact same era. And that really surprised me. More so than modern cars, I would say. Modern cars, of course, have the new car smell, but nothing like a little bit of you know carpet mixed with oil, mixed with you can almost smell the off-gassing plastics and you know all that kind of stuff, which is so yeah. funny. And uh, it, it takes you back. It was amazing. I think we need to do smell-o-vision somehow in our films because... <laughs> no, 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 no. Because there are plenty of terrible smells. Not when you're at altitude. <laughs> but I'm saying, you know, with each of the cars, it gives you sort of a, a certain... You know, it's amazing yeah. how much smell influences what we're saying yeah. because we'll smell these older... You know, the, the car just smells old and that's kind of the mindset it puts us in. Or if it's the brand mm-hmm. newest, latest... It, it feels like the latest, techiest, you know, that kind of car. And it's amazing how much that influences when we're going all through these cars. Because funny enough, they all smell differently. And, and yeah. you know, the owners weren't. And, and Edgar's uh, right. After lunch every day, they smell worse. But anyway, that's a whole side <laughs> note. Yeah. That's all we'll say about that. You know, the but, sound uh, too, though. The sound, I think it's something else. Uh, the sound and the smells are just, I think they're so important. Uh, pe- people kind of take them for, for granted. A lot of times mm, when they're in mm. certain cars, but when you step from one into another or you hear one as compared to another, you know, you, we had all, you know, the nine cars. So it, it's a good comparison. You're able to compare and, and, and contrast the cars, you know, with each other. But most of the time, you know, the average person doesn't get to do that. You know, they'll either yeah, have true. a car for a year or a couple of years or a friend has mm-hmm. a car that they can kind of compare with. But it was so great to be able to go from one immediately into the other. I think that's where you get the most information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, even just the startup, when, what a car sounds like when it's when you start it up, you know, it's like... Sure, yeah. It's, it's, and, you know, yeah. People don't get to experience that. And how different all nine of them sounded. I mean, some of them had the same engines mm-hmm. as each mm-hmm. other or very similar, and they still sounded so drastically different. Mm-hmm. Like the, the E36 and 46, the engines aren't quite the same thing, but they sounded so totally different from each other. And yeah, then and yeah, then yeah. you jump to that V8, and it just sounds so glorious with how high that thing revs. And mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and then from that glorious-sounding V8, they go straight to the, the M4 and M3, and I don't know what happened, but it, the, to me, it's just well, not a very pleasant sound. And I kept hearing uh, one of the owners kept calling it, that said it sounded like a walrus. That's mm-hmm. what they kept saying the exhaust sounded like. Yeah, Chad that owned the M4 talked about how it sounded like a walrus, and he actually meant that as a compliment. I'm not sure that, that was, <laughs> anything's ever been compared to a walrus as a compliment. Yeah, yeah, but he's right. It had kind of that, that chuffing sound that you hear a walrus. Okay, now I'm sending you to the zoo. This is what's happened. Somehow this podcast has got people going to the zoo to try to understand if this is right. Exactly. We're going to look up YouTube videos of walrus sounds. There you go. That'll save time. Uh, of course. Yeah, that, <laughs> what about cars and, Wal- and walrus animals? sounds volume 7? <laughs> there it probably exists. There's probably a website dedicated 20 to 20 hours noises, of walrus sounds. 
Exactly. <laughs> that's actually that's actually the other secret thing on the Blu-ray is just walrus sounds. Yeah, but uh, but it, what it did have that kind of chuff that a walrus makes, which is weird. As the M4 would pull away, would be like, yeah, you're right, Chad. That does it, yeah. sound like that, which is it's, very it's, strange. It's that's not funny. an inaccurate statement. It's, it sounds like that. It's just it's, it's weird, and Guys, I don't really care for it. We should turn these into ringtones. And put all nine cars as a separate ringtone on the disc, so then sure. people could, you know, oh hey, it's so and so calling because you know the E30 startup noise on my phone. <laughs> that would be what, why didn't I think what of that? What we till need now? is more things to try to do between now and Thursday. <laughs> that's what we need. Yeah, that's good. that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. There were some instances where I didn't think that E30 was going to start after you know on a hot day. We're shooting midsummer, of course. And we're mm-hmm. driving up in a canyon, and the car is hot, and then we pull over and park it. There were some mm-hmm. times I thought, I hope this baby starts, and it was just kind of going, yeah. all right. It was an old car. It had to be coaxed rather than yeah. just modern, you know, just works, well, of course. Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah. it ran surprisingly well, but you're also touching on the fact that that shoot day was probably the day we hung out at almost the highest altitude all day. I mean, that whole shoot was done at over 9,000 feet. Mm-hmm. So as a result, no wonder it didn't you've got have power. all of, just kidding. Exactly. You've got all <laughs> of those issues compounding everything. I mean, come on, you know, I, I joke about the FRS not having power at 6,000 feet. We were up at nine yeah. with that low horsepower, you know, less than 200 horsepower, uh, first gen. And it was definitely a momentum car, you know. I mean, you got it up to speed, and that was the thing that was cool about it. That was that old chassis, you know, and it was used as a race car like crazy. Get it up to speed and maintain speed and chuck it around on these. I, I, I love this. I know it, everybody's different, but I love roads with massive drop-offs. And that's how <laughs> I don't. that entire day, that <laughs> entire day, that's all we drove. It was yeah. just like road, and if you if you get this wrong, you will be airborne for multiple seconds. And it was just fantastic at that E30 to chuck it around on that cliffside. Yikes. The, the feeling, oh my gosh, I am the exact opposite. I don't like the feeling of the drop-off right there. Beautiful view and, yeah, everybody, and everything, but I, yeah. I can't wait to get down to the bottom so I can be like, that's a beautiful view way back up there where I don't want to be. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that was maybe nuts. it's the climber in me because I'm also the guy that stands at the edge of a cliff and goes, "This is awesome!" But I'm just driving along, going, <laughs> you "Okay, see that yeah. cliff right. right over there. I'm gonna hang on it." <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> on purpose, absolutely. too. Yeah, totally. No, thank you. <laughs> well, guys, I want to transition a little bit into you know your thoughts for a, the worldwide audience because. There are BMW enthusiasts worldwide for this film, and we hope it gets picked up by, of course, every enthusiast from every corner of the globe. But just curious as to what you think as far as, you know, are they going to, you know, hopefully like it? Are they going to, you know, take to it? What are your hopes for the film, you know, moving forward as this gets released, gets syndicated out? We certainly hope BMW as the company gets a hold of that, and we uh, we hope for their blessing because it's just like the Porsche film. It's it's a huge love fest to these cars. It really is. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, just keeping that in mind, you know, what are your thoughts on, you know, the film getting syndicated out there? Because, again, I don't know of any other film, you know, just like the Porsches that we did, Todd. I don't think anybody else has driven all these cars back-to-back like you were telling us, uh, Edgar. Yeah. And uh, put this all together just to celebrate all these cars. I I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, please let us know. But uh, yeah, curious to hear what you guys think. I think that people are going to like it, uh, especially overall. They think they're going to love it. We've got great shots. It's a gorgeous scenery, beautiful mountains, roads. 
I do think it's inevitable that we're going to offend somebody with something that one of you guys says. Oh, of it's, course. It's just, oh, it's, of course. it's right. how it works. I mean, right. mm-hmm. we can't please everybody. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's all of our opinions, and even we don't agree with it ourselves. Yeah, that's so, true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, well, we still have Porsche people coming back to us and saying, well, you should have picked my car best. Oh, I know yeah. that's where we're headed yeah. on the BMW thing right. as well. Right. I mean, even more so. That'll definitely happen. I think what you said, uh, Paul, uh, the word you used was, was the proper word when you said celebrate. And I feel like that's kind of what's happening here. That We, we want to celebrate not just, you know, obviously these cars, but just cars in general and and we're we're putting our hard work and time into something that we enjoy and we want other people to enjoy it as well and so Mm -hmm. we want to kind of create that sense of you know what whether you do or you or whether you disagree or whether you agree with us or with with you guys um as far as you know which cars were, were selected or which ones are the best like we're doing it because we we it's it's part of a community and and mm, and we mm. do it because we this is what we like to do, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope that people just kind of take it that way. Well, I can tell in every shot that you guys shoot, and this is evident when you'll see the film. You know, Todd's going, Paul, look at the stuff we got. Look at this. Mm-hmm. Look how beautiful it mm-hmm. is. Every shot that the two of you got was just. It was a money shot, whatever you guys were doing. And so I say kudos and thanks to the both of you for putting your heart and soul into just about everything we did here. I mean, yeah, it was, it's pretty amazing because the footage really reveals that. And every shot is uh, – it's very well composed. And yeah, we're, we're here to celebrate the cars. In a lot of cases, Todd and I are very much comparing because we have what if I were going to own this car? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. in this film, it's what if I could have any of these cars and how do they relate? And sure. this is the world we're living in for these 70 minutes. So therefore, we're talking about all these cars in relation to one another and then just enjoying. That's really – that was our mindset more than comparison and shopping. And you know, of course, we'll use that for car debate recommendations when you all write mm-hmm. into us and we you know, talk about that. We'll draw on these experiences. But for now, it was more just a – what are the cars like in relation to each other and enjoying them? And hopefully that comes across in the shots Edgar and Chance have done. So I, I hope you I hope you can see that. It's sort of like when your mom says, I can taste the love. You know, you, you know, I bake the love into the pie or you know what I mean? You're like, yeah, I can, I wow. can taste it. <laughs> You're off in the weeds yeah, now. The energy, but okay, the that's what it's like. You know, yeah. you know there, was, there were a lot of comments. There were a lot of comments in the pilgrimage film where they were like, I felt like I was along for the ride. It was so exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you know when we got to spa and 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 just the excitement, I feel like people can they can get that they can get that from this film. There, there's that excitement, there's that energy, there's the beauty, obviously, of of the scenery of the cars. But it's just it's just fun and it's it's entertaining. And I think it's you know hopefully it gets a, a lot of play and people enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've talked about this before, and at least for me, there has been. And I know for Todd too, there there have been some of our shoots where it just feels like work, and it's just like okay, this it's it's not that it, we don't like doing it that day. It's just it's just we're out there shooting it's it. A it's, it's a tough day. It's a tough day. It's but what be the weather or the car we don't care for or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But this entire week was probably probably one of the highlights of my two years with you guys so far. It was just hmm. not a single day was bad. Uh, I did there wasn't a single one of those cars I'd kick out of my own garage. They were, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. they were all just so very different. And they serve different purposes. So, but being able to capture that and 
being where we were and just the experience of it all. And, and like Edgar said earlier, being able to drive them all back to back was just was something else that, that I'll, I'll probably remember for years. Good. I mean, that's that's the key thing. I mean, that's the whole reason that we do these is because, you know, honestly, Paul, you and I are, are in a pretty unique position to be able to gather cars like this and drive them back to back. And, you know, I don't even know how many people I mean, you and I have joked about the 9-11 film. As weird as it sounds, I, I stand by it. The joke about the 9-11 film was more people have climbed Everest than have driven all the 9-11s back to back. I mean, it's not something people mm-hmm. get to do. And it's true yeah. here as well. And so the, the big thing for me is always, look, I want to have the experience, but I want to share the experience because I know how hard it is. I know how hard we work with our resources to even get those cars together. <laughs> yeah. We've already told some of those stories. So the chance of anybody else to go out and get all those cars and then have the opportunity to really drive them because we don't take them and just go, oh, this is nice. As you know, we drive them hard. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're driving them harder than the owners drive them. So that's always <laughs> yeah, an interesting thing to have. A little, squirmy, like, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they start looking at us like, well, I guess you know what you're doing. So that, that happens too. But that's the thing is to try to, to share that experience with all of you that are watching so that you can feel like you kind of come away knowing what we know. It's obviously very hard to transfer, but those times when you say to us, hey, that has worked – that's the biggest compliment I can receive. And I also have to say, Paul, you're asking the guys what they think of the film while I'm here praying they don't tell me something that sends me back to the edit room 48 hours before we release the film. That's the side note there. No, but I, I just uh, – yeah, it'll be um, – these guys have seen the rough cuts. Both of you have seen the rough cuts at this point and you know, given your feedback. But uh, I'm just you – know, it's fun to relive it with you guys and uh, you know, kind of come back to it and – Step away because, yeah, you could say I'm off in the weeds and I'm all misty-eyed, but it's just sort of like (laughs) revisiting it. It was just kind of cool, you know, like when you're in it, it's just sort of like, yeah, this is a lot of work. Why why are we doing this? Because this is a lot of extra work and time. It can be. It can feel that way sometimes. But this this was an awesome shoot. And I I have to tell the one really bad story because – I just, you know, I want to be candid about the experience that we have. We we did have an amazing week. Yeah, we but did. the day that we finished with the 1M, and to give you an experience about this 1M, the e, the guy that owned the E30 also <laughs> owned the 1M. still cringing. Yeah, I know you are. I know you are. Now the audience will cringe along. Oh, my gosh. So the guy that owned the E30 owned the 1M. This is a guy that owns lots of BMWs. These are his two prize BMWs. And Scott was great to us, and he was yeah. he was just he was willing enough to be like, yeah, you guys just take it. He wasn't even with us the two days we shot those. That's cars. right. But he was right. But he was very cautious, understandably, about checking in and seeing how things were going. And Scott was great. But these were cars that we knew were precious to him. And to give you frame of reference, the one M, which was a 2011, had the same mileage as the M2 press car. Yeah, okay. crazy. That's how low mileage this was. It, it had about 7,000 miles on it, one of the lowest yeah. 1Ms I've ever seen. Yeah. We got 90% through our day of shooting that car and, candidly, hooning that car. Yeah. There yeah. was no apology for driving it hard. But when we have a private owner's car, there's no question we drive it hard, but we also try to drive it carefully. We want to give it back to them having been driven hard, but in exactly the condition they gave it to us. You see where this story's going. <laughs> so we were, we were 90% done. And the car was getting pulled onto a shoulder. So it wasn't even being driven hard. It was being pulled onto a shoulder away from camera slowly. And it was one of those shoulders up in a national forest where it's got asphalt and then the asphalt just stops just stops at the edge of kind of a crumbling edge and drops about an inch to the dirt. And the way that that 1M went through over that that seam, if you will, it dinged a wheel. 
it rolled off and we could feel it when it happened. It dinged a wheel, a little nick out of the side of the rim. And we all just kind of sat there just crestfallen. And we're just like, oh, no. And the next hour, we had beauty shots of the interior left. I mean, that's the step we were on. The next hour or so of the shoot was a lot of sullen faces. And a lot, yeah. of, a lot of everybody yeah. was pretty yeah. tense at that <laughs> point. Because Scott had been so great to us. I was like, now I have to make that phone call. Yeah. Which was terrible. That yeah. was a bummer. And then there was the, um, I mean, yeah, that was definitely bad. But I was remembering, you know, something else, too, that happened was the crazy person on the side of the road. Yeah, I was oh hoping one of you would bring that up. <laughs> we yeah. have, I want you to tell that story in a minute, please. I don't want you to tell that whole story because you, you were at, received the brunt of it. That's a fantastic story. That's almost as good as hauling goats out of the mountains in California. It's almost that good, <laughs> folks. Yeah. But, but the thing with this wheel, the great thing about the wheel was I just was very candid with this owner. And said, hey, you know, we dinged your wheel. It happened at low speed. We will pay to get it solved. And so he went to a guy, actually, connected with a local BMW dealer, to see if he could do one of those uh, rim refinish things versus get a new rim. And we had priced new rims if it needed to go that way. I mean, it was, we didn't think it was that bad, but we didn't know. We needed to make this car pristine. <laughs> and he ended up getting a refinish from this guy that was a couple hundred bucks. And honestly, he, he, the next time he saw me, he came over like little kid excited. He was like, I want you to look at that wheel. Look at that wheel. And I was like, wow, you're, what, what is it? <laughs> it looks like it's factory. It's looked like a factory wheel. And it, yeah, was it, looks, it looks great. So we are so relieved. But I have to tell you, that was the only part of this shoot where it's just like, oh, no. Otherwise, it was awesome, yeah. except for what Edgar's going to tell. This crazy experience, I wondered if we were going to have to get security or something. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we were shooting um, just on this mountain road, and I'm sitting on the floor with you know the camera, the, the gear, mm -hmm. etc. And this van pulls up, pulls up behind us, and this this r guy like he jumps out and he starts screaming at the top of his lungs. And telling me to get out of the road, even though I wasn't mm -hmm. on the road, I was on the side of the road, and he was so wasted. He was—you can mm -hmm. smell the alcohol from five feet away. Like, he yeah. was wasted. Well, it was funny. It was the guy. It wasn't the driver that got out. It was the driver stopped the car so his passenger could get out and yeah. yell at Edgar. Yes. And then he he, he gets out and starts dragging the guy back to the car. And it's like, well, why'd you stop in the first place, you knucklehead? Yeah. I mean, come on. It was, yeah. it was unbelievable because this is an area, this is a national forest area that's got some lakes and stuff and people hang out and clearly they drink. But this guy was, I mean, he, he defined a belligerent drunk. Yeah. I mean, and, and, when, and when Edgar says he was yelling, I, that, that, I mean, imagine the top of the lungs from somebody. And he, he keeps approaching Edgar. I was on the other side of the road and he's, he's like marching toward Edgar, yelling at the top of his lungs. It seemed like he was going to be genuinely violent. I yeah. was shocked by this. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then he put his arm around me. As, when he got to me, I was like, what is going on? I didn't know on? that. He yeah. did? Yeah. He was like, you know, he put his arm around me. after Because he, he was like roids crazy, like screaming at yes. the top of his lungs. And then as he got closer, it, got, it, it wasn't as loud. And then eventually when he got to me, he was like, put his arm around me. And he was just like, you see that over there? over there go over there but his arm was around like <laughs> around me i was like okay this is weird this this whole time when this Gosh. happened i'm walking up the hill from where i was because i was down off the road a little ways further and i'm walking up with with our gear and i see this guy and, and i'm like completely sidestepping around him trying to avoid this whole thing and, and the, the guy that got out of the, the suv 
the driver points at me and is like, see, look, he's got cameras. They're, they're camera guys. Leave him alone. And it was, it, but it was still like, just, just it was insane. And I, I thought for sure there was going to be a brawl that happened out of this too. I, yeah. the way he, I he actually, for a split second, Edgar thought the guy was going to, going to haul up and hit you. Yeah, and no, I, I, thought, and I was in the middle of, I, thought that I was too. in the middle of putting the drone away. And I, and I literally am having the thought going through my head of if he hits Edgar, what do I do next? Was already going through my head. I was like, I don't have anything to hit him back. I don't want to <laughs> hit anybody. I'm on the other side of the road. Uh, you know, who is this guy? I mean, he mm-hmm. was unbelievably angry. And there was and then, other people <laughs> around, too, yeah. Oh, I know. And then, and then the craziest irony of the whole thing was the fact that we went to another location. We left. We were done shooting there. We left, went to another location, stopped, got cameras out. And this same van pulled up just around the corner from where we were, and the guy got out and yelled at somebody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> It was so funny because the whole time I was merrily driving and I came back and said, <laughs> you know, hey, guys, how'd that look? And, you know, adrenaline is surging through the three of you and you're like, <laughs> what just happened? I'm going, what, what, what what's this going This is on? at like 2.30 in the afternoon, too. So it wasn't like yeah. prime drinking time or anything. He was just that drunk in the middle of the afternoon. Clearly his yeah. whole day was prime drinking yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, he was getting it done for sure. <laughs> yeah, thanks for, for that, that – Telling us about that because I remember when that happened, I was just putting the drone away and I was I was kind of astounded by the breakdown of that. Yeah. <laughs> and I come back in and hey guys, how'd that look? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, uh, we are coming to the end and uh, man, thank you to both of you. I, uh, you're right. I did get off a, a little bit of a tangent there, but I'm just I'm so excited for this film and and to share it with you because it's represented a lot of work from the four of us to all of you and we hope that you enjoy it as much as we've enjoyed making it you know and you've heard from these guys yeah, that 100 percent. you know yeah. it's it's a lot of work and uh you know we've had youtube comments like well you guys shot it why don't you just post it you you took <laughs> it with your camera right just just post it and it's yep. really not like that especially for a production like this with uh as much work that's gone into it so we really appreciate all of you listening and watching and this is huge. Guys, any last wrap-up thoughts from, uh, from all of you? I'm just excited for it to come out. And see, see <laughs> so it, is Todd, and, you know, actually. I, I know everybody is. <laughs> yeah. and, and, I mean, come on. Why can't you just post it already? I mean, geez. Yeah, I know. What, what, what the heck have I been doing? I've just been sitting but, over here on footage with plenty of time on my hands. Yeah, exactly. But no, yeah. seriously, this, is, this was the first one that I've actually helped on some of the editing. And it's not even what I've edited is not part of the main film. It's just it was GoPro cameras and audio, and that was it. And even that took me a while. Granted, it was my first try, but I have a lot more respect for how long it takes just to, just for Todd to, with his, his experience doing it and how long it would actually take to do it. I actually didn't tell you yet, Paul. I'll tell you guys. I, I tried really hard to scramble my brain earlier while in the middle of doing color for Icon. Tom contacted me because he's arriving at his first rough cut of his latest piece, okay. which is not related to BMWs. It doesn't have anything to do with this film. It's his latest piece. It's actually very cool. It's, it's him driving a, a Pug, the, the Peugeot 308, which is their golf competitor, yeah, yeah, yeah. on Spa. So he sends me this A-roll in the middle of Icon, and he knows it's in the middle of Icon. I mean, it was one of the things where, I mean, we realized we have to get this done now. So I knew it was coming. But it was like the attempt to scramble the, the egg that is my brain because I was just step out of this, step completely out of this, watch an edit that has nothing to do with this, do notes, come back. It was – don't get me wrong. It worked out. But it was one of those things where it's just like I, I just might lose my mind. But we're, we're home stretch now. By the time you listen to this, the mix is even done. 
color is done. We're getting there. So on Thursday the 8th, it will be available on Vimeo. You can also order it from Amazon for a Blu-ray. That Blu-ray, as, as said, has those owner interviews, which are really cool, and Chance helped us edit those. And also we'll have that GTS M2 piece. And the thing about the four of us on this is this is everybody that did it. That's what makes me so proud of it. You'll be mm-hmm. able to watch it and be like, those four guys did this whole thing, and that just makes me really excited. Yeah, that closing day when we had all you know all nine cars was it was awesome. Like we we were on it. It was like you do this, you do that. Let's go yeah. roll. Yeah. Let's, uh, you you guys come with us. Like you know the shots that we had to get in the limited amount of time, and it was it was a lot of fun. It was it was kind of you know surreal for a second like you're you're doing yeah. it but you're not realizing that that everything that's going on cuz you're just so focused on on working and doing doing as good of a job as you can well we had a total divide and conquer that day too i mean we had we had different hierarchies of things that needed to get done so paul and i were doing totally separate things from these two guys and we kept kind of rotating cars through we had to keep all that in in check and we had owners looking at us like what is going on (laughs) but ultimately they were impressed and then of course at the end of the day that big day of all the cars uh, paul and i have to stand there and we have to do our wrap-up so now you have owners who are all standing there arms crossed in the distance while paul and i call out the cars we like and dislike yeah no pressure by the way while (laughs) they're standing there glaring at us we're saying yeah that car's no good they were under the one shade tree that we were out there next to too right funny (laughs) yes that's right oh my gosh well so the entire point of the podcast in the film is holiday gifts everyone that's the entire point (laughs) of what we've been talking about for nearly an hour here that's uh maybe there's a BMW enthusiast in your life but if not if they're just car enthusiast hopefully this will appeal and so it will be available on Vimeo as a rental or a download just like the other 3 films mm-hmm. and of course mm-hmm. The Blu-rays are coming as well for sale on the Amazon store, so just look for Icon on Amazon, uh, on the Everyday Driver store there on Amazon, and uh, yep. you know, hopefully, yeah, go Tom's- get it, go buy it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> All the links will be available through our website, uh, so you can find that in any of our films that way. And also, there is that store tab now on the website. And in that yes. store, you can not only find T-shirts in general. Now, I realize you may hear this before the film's out, but when the film drops on the eighth. There will even be an Icon t-shirt available under the store, which is really cool. So if you're interested in that, that's their two really cool logo. Looks like that M logo. In fact, I think that may have been Edgar's idea. But Paul has executed it really, really well. Looks like that M, M logo, M3 logo, but it says Icon, which is an awesome piece of art for the title of this film. It looks great. And uh, yeah, yeah so, if, so if you are if you are BMW obsessed or know someone who is, we have you covered for Christmas. That's a good point, Paul. I hadn't thought about that. Exactly, exactly. It's all come down to the gifts. So in the meantime, everyone, thanks for following along. Thanks for your support. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Cheers. <laughs>